You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Well, we're into week three of the Tour de France, and by that time, we're all in the mood for a little diversion, aren't we? Uh, we want to go off the beaten track and see what else France has to offer. And on Friday evening, Francois took us on a little journey uh, to meet somebody completely unconnected with the race. But what a fascinating character he was. Robert Eden, the great nephew of Anthony Eden, former British Prime Minister, who is now a winemaker in France. We went to meet him and he was a force of nature. But how did you come across him, Francois? Well, by, by chance during the pandemic, I was actually... You know, in the first lockdown, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I, well, I, I did lots of sport, but I did lots of, <laughs> I did lots of boozing as well, and uh, you know, because I, I had to to regain weight after losing it uh, by running or you know riding my <laughs> my, my stand bike. So uh, yeah, I, I ordered an, uh, you know wine bottles from uh, on the internet, and and among the boxes that came, there was uh, one only one bottle of Chateau Maris in Minervois, that's the region we were, uh, you know, uh, last week, uh, near Carcassonne, that was absolutely outstanding. So I, I ordered more. I went on to their website and discovered the whole world of uh, winemaking that was a bit different. The more wines I ordered from Chateau Maris, whether red, rosé or, or white, the better they were. And all of them organic. And I, I sensed there was a kind of a, you know, different approach to winemaking there. Uh, I, I well, I, I kind of got in got in touch with the uh, the, the winemakers and the, and the people working there in, in that very small village of Feline, Minervois near near Minerve, and realized there was a real character and and beyond good wine, like beyond good cycling or beyond good literature or good music. There's always uh, a fascinating personality, and um, and that's what I wanted to discover. So when I when when I saw that you know we're going to do the Tour des Flaneurs, and which means you know going a little bit off the beaten track uh, of cycling to discover uh, other things about France, I thought it was uh, it, w- it was impossible to miss. You know, it's, uh, feeling Minervois is only about twenty k's away from Carcassonne, so the, it was a good chance to get to see what this guy is doing to taste his wine to eat his food because he's got a little place called le grand café occitan which is go- gorgeous little place like, like the real front like you expect it you know a little square uh beneath the trees and and really brilliant food and and you know for you guys listeners of the you know of the podcast i was i was thinking that, that uh, for a frenchman to claim that 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 Britain, you know, is teaching the French, the frogs, how to make wine was actually something you you you, you should hear about because really this this man, regardless of his nationality, uh, you know, makes the best of the French landscape and and vines. I've never heard before of somebody drinking wine in order to put on weight after losing it through exercise. That's a new one on me. But Francois, I don't know what I expected um, when you took us to meet Robert Eden, but it wasn't who we met. Let's hear from him now. Well, my name is Robert Eden and I was born in England and I am here talking to you from the south of France where we have a vineyard 
Um, and we have several vineyards which produce organic and biodynamic grapes, which make organic and biodynamic wine. Um, and I got into that because I um, had a little mishap um, um, around about 18 years old of um, brewing beer with homebrew kits. And I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to sell the. I wasn't allowed to sell the beer to to uh, to uh, uh, to the elder boys in the school, and I did, and he got sick, and so you know, or they got sick rather, and then they complained to to matron that Eden had sold them the the bad beer, and I got kicked out of school. So, anyway, there. So this is the this is the thing. And that's a true story, by the way, and that's really what happened. And then I had to get out of England, and so I I, I left, and I got a job pruning vineyards in South Australia. You really had uh, to get out out of England. Well, I didn't have to get out of England, but my father was were, were, was not very happy with the situation, shall we say? And and um, um, maybe he had a position which was quite a public position, so he he didn't want to have his, you know, uh, you know, uh, rebel son, son yeah. you know, <laughs> brewing beer in, in the school and, and stuff like that. So. And you fell into wine, so to speak. Well, from because I got the job because I, I flew to Sydney and then and took a, a next plane to Adelaide and then just went into the Barossa Valley because. Um, I I had always had Hugh Johnson's World Wine Atlas, which was a it is still it's re-edited several times. A beautiful wine book showing wine regions with maps and labels and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I just I just I just uh, loved the whole wine world through that. And um, uh, and so I went to I flew to Adelaide and so I got up to uh, to the Barossa Valley. And um, yeah, found a found a job pruning vineyards, which is really the best way to start making wine, because when you prune the vine, right, you're asking the vine to do something in a particular way. And why are you asking it to do it? Because it's got to produce grapes in a particular way. Why are you asking it to do it? Because I want to harvest that in a particular way. Why do you want to harvest that in a particular way? Because I want to make wine in a particular way. So really, pruning is the start of winemaking, and I was lucky enough to start there. And when did you come to France? What brought you to France? Um, after Italy, I came here in 1984. Uh, yeah, 19, end of 1983, early 1984. And I took a train from Florence, which is the capital of Chianti, to Dijon, which is the capital of Burgundy. <laughs> and, um, and then I started uh, my, my, my work in French wine in Burgundy. Um, yeah, with a great with a great lady there who was a, a wine broker, an American lady who was uh, 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 broking wines, mise en bouteille au château, mm-hmm. which was very important at that time for certain specific uh, uh, wine buyers. They loved the mise en bouteille au château, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 and so I worked with her translating, <laughs> and I didn't speak French at the time, but <laughs> I, I learned it on. The <laughs> On the job, but translating for American buyers because there we were in the the franc and dollar ratio, so the, the, it was about fourteen to one. So the Americans were all over the world, all over France. It was very cheap for them, and 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 I was translating for them in the cellars, tasting tasting wine, Burgundy wines, etc. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you're now here in Minervois. Uh, well, 
uh, you were first in Burgundy. Why, why Minervois? Did, did you uh, did you know anything about the wines here? Did you, did you have a kind of a craving for the more sun or whatever? What 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 took you here? Not at all. I, I, yeah, it should have been there. I knew a lot about different regions in France. And the one area in France which I didn't know about was the Languedoc-Roussillon. And because of this period of where the dollar was strong, there was one variety which was really taking off in California, which is called Chardonnay. And so we had an American importer who came to Boone, right, and asked us as a, as a wine brokers, wine exporters, what do you like, uh, to find him a cheap Chardonnay. So we said cheap Chardonnay doesn't exist in Burgundy and doesn't exist in South Burgundy in Macon mm -hmm. at all. Right, but he said, go and find me a cheap Chardonnay. We'll, we'll do masses of it. It's, it. it's going big time in California, etc. One of the places which produces cheap Chardonnay at the time was Limoux. Voila. And so I drove here into the Languedoc, and wow. And that was it. That was, for me, the great, the great meeting of the Languedoc. And I remember calling my boss at the time, after I purchased the Chardonnay in Limoux, I remember calling my boss to say my car broke down. <laughs> <laughs> it hadn't broken down, right? But I said, I just wanted to... It was just this beautiful region. I was in 1985. It was just absolutely extraordinary. And it still is extraordinary. This is a beautiful, wild, uh, uh, splendid area. So Splendid. Chateau Marius existed before you came, uh, yeah. uh, but often people say good wine is the is the meeting between a place and a, and a man. Uh, was it was it what love at first sight when you when you discovered Chateau Marius, or did you think hmm, there's work to be done? Well, uh, 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 Mr. Marius, he 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 owned the property he didn't have any uh, uh children so that's why he decided to sell it and uh, it was a property and it still is a property which was not very attractive to uh, um touristic buyers as you were mm -hmm. because it was is a village based property so the house is in the village mm -hmm. right right mm -hmm. over there and 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 then the vines are dotted all around the village so people actually prefer a house sitting on a hill with the vines dotted all around them. Um, and, and, and so nobody wanted this property in many ways. And it was super ideal for me because I had many different micro ecosystems <laughs> uh, uh, in different varieties which were going to uh, 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 you know, give me particular uh, uh, flavor profiles. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't think about this. I didn't dream about this. I had tasted a lot of wine from the Languedoc uh, after when I came down here, after when I said that my car broke down. I tasted a lot of wine from the Languedoc blind, and I, I got into it a lot. La Livignere, I knew La Livignere appellation had... In, from from a red wine perspective, really delicious, seductive, yeah, very very smooth, uh, delicious wines, and so that is what I wanted to make in red wine. And when this property came out for sale, I said, "Wow, yeah, if nobody else wants it, I'll take it." <laughs> um, so that's what happened. So you, when you arrived there, you, you you started well, very very quickly. You became. Uh, a kind of pioneer of uh, organic wine and biodynamic wine and natural wine. Uh, how, how that? How did it, well from the, the the young guy pruning 
you know, vines in in Australia to becoming uh, yes, I mean you you you, you know proclaim everywhere the pine, one of the pioneers of organic wine. What happened? What what changed your philosophy of the of the job? The, the reality is that the um, Mr. Maris had a lot of other occupations and he wasn't capable really of following his soil or his plants in the way that they should be followed and quite frankly the 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 soil was dead and the vines were sick and so that meant you're producing uh rather bad tasting grapes <laughs> <laughs> and so you can't make good wine from bad tasting grapes so in 1997 when i bought it went around it was a very bad vintage taste of grapes okay well, shit, not a problem, you know, we'll forget about that. 1998, absolutely excellent vintage, right? And uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we tasted the grapes and they were disgusting, right? So what's going on here? You know, and basically the fact is, is that you had dead or sick plants in dead or sick and sick soil, right? So what do you do? Uh, you go you go back home with your tail between your legs and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Or you try and do something with it. And what I didn't know at the time, what I feel really stupid about saying now, is I didn't know that soil we can bring back to life. Soil is one of the few things we can bring back to life. Yeah, because you put live matter back into soil and it rejuvenates the soil. And so you put life back into the soil. And therefore, the plants that are living in that soil are healthy, uh, good, uh, and able to produce what they're meant to produce. Right. So that's where we, that's where I discovered. And so there are a number of different ways of actually putting life back in the soil. The 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 the, the best way is live matter. What's live matter? Live matter is uh, composted manure, composted vegetable matter. Okay, composted manure. How do you do that? Well, you. you 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 take a pile of manure and you just leave it in a corner and let it to rot. No, that is not the way to do it. You have to uh, 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 to to compost manure is a very scientific method. There's, there's several methods. One of those methods is the biodynamic method, and that's how I came to discover the biodynamic method of agriculture through producing biodynamic compost to rejuvenate life in our soil, which is very necessary. And when we saw the reaction that it gave on, 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 the, on the compost, right, we said, wow, you know, we've got to, we've got to study this method further and, and apply it to the, rest of our, to the rest of our property and to the whole of our culture. The, the, one of the reasons we're, we're here is, is because by chance, I must say, I discovered your wines and and really fell off my chair. You know, I, I really love them. I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, they. You know, I'm a wine lover, and from time to time, you come across something that has just got the right balance of what you like. And uh, there's yeah, there's kind of a, uh, I, I don't know how to yeah, organic uh, relationship with the with the, the the wine you you're having. So I was really, um, you know. As you know, uh, we're willing to to meet you and to know how you you, you do that. And so, the, the the interesting thing is, you, not only did you revive an old chateau that was well more or less in decay on on you know dead soil, but but you tried lots of very different things because in in the range of wines you're, you're making, there's white, there's rosé, there, there there's reds, but I mean there's the whole range of them with with. with well, we tr you tried very different things on on the on the on the various little lots you have around, and uh, 
What, 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 that versatility, what, what, was it something that, that you planned in the first place? The beauty of the longer dock. The beauty, the beauty of the longer dock is the versatility. It's almost the, it's almost the rebellious side of France. I mean, basically, basically, you know, excuse me, Francois, but I have to tell you, right? The the, the France is ridiculous because the 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 appellations which are these beautiful wine growing areas right they've let themselves be governed by bureaucracy by administrative soldiers right <laughs> whereas wrong. it's not the case right the case is right is that the, the the wine comes from the people that make it the wine comes from the people that farm those lands that the 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 the, 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 the harvest those grapes from those vines right it is not the bureaucrats that d decide Right, it is the people that actually decide what the wine is made, and 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 that's what I love about the Languedoc. There's this rebellious nature, and it's not rebellious enough. And I call upon all of us here to rebel. Is this why you uh, maybe feel so at home here? Because you strike me as a bit of a, a rebel yourself. Is that is that why you found such a happy home here? I love it. I love it. I love. I love the. I love the nature. I love the. I love the wilderness. I love the the birds of prey. Um, I love the fact that we got the the Parc National du Languedoc, which is above us, which is this massive, uh, 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 huge limestone area, which has not been disturbed ecologically for thousands of years. Which is a huge ecosystem. Uh, you know, we've got Carcassonne, we've got the Canal de Midi. We, you know, when we irrigate here, we irrigate using rainwater, which is using uh, can. Uh, um, Uh, kennels uh, distribution uh, uh, what should we say for us like kennels uh, French word but distribution channels mm -hmm. uh, uh, distribution channels which are, which were constructed in the 1300s right you know uh, uh, hey I know I, uh, this and we're sitting out here now on a terrace here under trees and flowers are surrounding us and birds are singing and I don't want to go anywhere It's else not bad, <laughs> is it? It's not bad you are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast Powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. Hey everyone, it's Sam Brand here from Team Nova Nordisk. As most of you know, I'm from the Isle of Man. I'm an extremely proud Manxman. And when you talk about cycling and the Isle of Man, uh, there's one name that keeps coming up and that's Mark Cavendish. It's fantastic to see uh, his Tour de France this year, it's phenomenal and, and to watch him win again is is absolutely phenomenal and it's fantastic to see as a Manxman. To see how he's inspired a generation of cyclists on the Isle of Man is incredible. Uh, we have a massive strength and depth as cyclists. Uh, it's incredible to see. One story that springs to mind is before I was a racing cyclist, uh, I was always involved in cycling and watching. And um, when Mark Cavendish was in uh, the World Championship jersey, he was doing a, a small Christmas race, who we call a hamper race around the Isle of Man, to be able to watch that, to see the legacy he's produced. That is kind of the work that I want to do, inspiring the next generation of people with type 1 diabetes, to inspire, educate and empower everyone around the world affected by diabetes, and to really make sure that what I do on the bike brings inspiration to other people and unlocks doors for them to be active. Thank you very much.
Sir Anthony Eden was my grandfather's younger brother. How well did you know him? I, I mean, I couldn't say well in 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 many ways, but yeah, we 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 had uh, we had meetings and um, uh, yeah, some memorable meetings actually. Um, all these type of characters, they're they're memorable people. So um, you know, it, it it's beating uh, Elizabeth Taylor or Anthony Eden or. Winston Churchill. Uh, you met you all know, these people. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's 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 uh, you you have a there's, there's yeah of course like Jane Goodall as well who's still alive today who's one of my superheroes right and and who there I really strongly recommend you know that is to me one of the great important people and and she has this great aura and and there are some of these people that have this great aura Anthony Anthony Eden had a great aura about him uh, he had a great presence about him he had a he was definitely yeah definitely left an impression left a left a huge impression Left a huge impression. Was it, was he a wine lover? I mean, the the, the sellers oh, of the the sellers of uh, you know the prime ministry were. <laughs> he married he married a cousin of Winston Churchill. So so <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a lack of juice, shall we say? <laughs> and and you. Well, we we'll, we we'll, we'll ask you in a moment what what we're drinking here, but um. We we did ask you whether you, there was any connection with cycling, and you said no initially. But then you revealed that you actually do enjoy spending afternoons watching the Tour de France, drinking a glass of rosé. You you have a, a spectacular uh, a contemporary photography, which allows you to uh, appreciate it, and commentators which inform you, etc. I mean, you know, you, they focus in on a particular area or a particular castle or a particular. You know, it's wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love uh, uh, siesta time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's with I mean, maybe we... a little glass of rosé <laughs> as well, just to help the siesta go well. <laughs> that's that's part of the French way of life, you know. Watching the tour and falling asleep. I mean, we were comparing before, you know, recording the you know the Tour de France in many ways, and you know, a test match in 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 the old days when it lasted forever. You know, you had to to have all the guys out before it was finished. Uh, the 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 tour is is a little bit the the, the same uh, tradition, but. W also, what I like when I found out you, you know, the guy was making these wines I, I was loving so much was British or English, I and mean, it was it was it was a kind of a validation of my uh, Anglophilia. Like like I always found that that very often, uh, you know, the, the the Brits as we call them, you know, kind uh, kind of enhance the the beauty of my of my country. And and it's once once again, I'm not talking about Entente Cordiale or all that, you know, all these kind of things, but. Uh, very often, uh, I, f I find you know the, the, the inputs of of, of guys with a, with another background, another history are, are are great to 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 develop a land and to 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 resurrect it. And the the English very often in Dordogne or in other places, they've done a lot of good to France. Well, sometimes in the in the very old days, it was not the case. How did, but how did, yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, how apart from Francois, who's obviously <laughs> sympathetic, um, how how did the French <laughs> respond to a a British winemaker in France? Found subject. <laughs> <laughs> when I started uh, uh, um, rejuvenating life in the soil here, I had to bring in thousands of tons of manure, right? And so when you bring in thousands of tons of manure, right, that is in English. Oh, we're, we're doing this in English. We've been talking in English, right? So that is thousands of tons of steaming shit. 
<laughs> okay, right. So when it's you a metaphor, when you, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is real. When you're bringing in thousands and tons of steaming shit on the edge of a French village in your English, okay, right. Oh, hello. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I think I think all relationships in France. I thought your your comments there uh, to me. Uh, for a lot of other things which I do on uh, um, uh, a non-for-profit side, right, because we're a B Corp company here, and so we have a lot of other actions which are involved in, in societal actions, right? I think your comments are, uh, are very interesting, very profound, and I think we have a, a, a an absolute massive work to do with understanding um, human relations cross-border, and stop closing the borders. Help us find the workers that want to work. Come on, come on. We're, we're, we're a nomadic species. The humans are a nomadic species. For God's sake, you know, stop this, stop this stupid, uh, uh, you know, which is killing so many people and leaving so many people. And we don't have enough workers. Huh? We don't have enough people to help us. We don't have the right amount of manual labor and people who want to work the way we should be working our land to help our land be more sustainable for the future to help our land be more sustainable for future generations right so i thought you your point is a profound point right <laughs> and but i still i still think that the way uh, 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 people treating me here despite me uh, 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 leaving thousands of tons of steaming shit on the edge of their village right is now uh, a we are in an appellation which is called Cru la livinière right and Cru la livinière was the first crew appellation of the languedoc well you're in a yeah i mean i'll ask you about these two wines in a moment but you're in a, a very remote part of the world you know and, and i guess there aren't a lot of young people in this immediate area so yeah workers where do they where do they come from it's very difficult it's very difficult, and uh, and that's it, and that's what we need, and and that's why you need to you need to open up uh, 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 the borders. You need to not open up the borders in any way, but you need to. You, w w we need different workers. We need people to be out there with 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 manual tools, right? Um, as do as, as you would well know. The Scottish farmers <laughs> need to have uh, uh, hand raspberry pickers, right? Um, and uh, you know, if they don't come from Poland, where are they going to come from? And 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 excuse me, as uh, there are a number of breweries in in England which own a number of pubs, which today are wondering where they're going to get their staff because they don't have any French, Spanish, Italian, uh, Polish, etc. Students who are willing to wait tables, but the English aren't willing to do it. It's all the same. We got to we got to spread out. We got to spread out. Brexit. I hear, I hear, I hear a hint of Scottish in your accent. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the point is that's because it's the end of the day. <laughs> You're watching the Tour de France. All right, yeah, we're watching the Tour de France drinking too much rosé. But no, but we have to. We we have to. We have to stop this. We have to. We we must. We must learn to live together with everybody. And we must learn that every every microorganism is important, and and we are all interconnected with that. Right, and there is nobody worse or nobody better, and 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 we have to we have to work towards that. 
Otherwise it's, it, otherwise, it's more difficult and more dangerous for our environment. Wine is a great way to interconnect, I mean, uh, you know, between uh, people, species. And so what, what, what have we been drinking there, uh, Robert? So Vermentino is a, 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 it's called Rôle mm-hmm. in France, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, Provençal, mm-hmm. okay? Um, very Mediterranean great variety. I work with a grower here, which he, which he's got a beautiful plot, which is actually quite high up, and uh, for this area is about about 150 meters in altitude, but it's still got a very distant sea view, um, and a delicious wine, which we don't have here right now, by the way. So anybody who's <laughs> listening to this, don't think we do have this because we don't. But it's absolutely delicious with oysters, right? So it's delicious with shellfish. That is a glorious shellfish wine, the Vermentino. Um, and then we've been drinking a, uh, uh, a Zulu uh, Zulu Chardonnay, uh, Zulu, which is the name of our, our zero sulfur added Chardonnay, uh, white wine, organic, obviously, of course, and no sulfur added. Just to, yeah, uh, well, I don't know what you feel about it, but there we go. No, it's it's it's, it's brilliant. I mean, you know, we're we're talking. You were talking about Chardonnay and the, the way you know Chardonnay. Uh, it was kind of your introduction into the the world of wine, but what, what you're making of Chardonnay now is is kind of a, I won't say revolutionary, but is something else for sure. But th- so you, you. the the range of of, of wines you're you're making as well is is amazing because as you said, I mean you've got all varieties of uh, organic wines. You've got you got reds with uh, body, lots of body. You got reds with lots of fruit. You have you have rosé. We are very fresh in the same time. I mean, uh, how do you manage to, to to produce all this in on, on this? Well, limited territory. In a way. Oh, because we're in the longer dock, and and because my job is to encourage people to produce more organic grapes, and so if I'm encouraging them to produce organic grapes, I've also got to buy their grapes to make some wine, and that's what I do. So, and that's what we do uh, with the group that I work with. With 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 uh, yeah. I'm I'm working in within the cooperative structure. I'm nervous to get into this conversation <laughs> too deeply because it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a deep conversation. But yeah, I'm working with about forty uh, thousand hectoliters of organic grapes today in the Longadoc area alone. Mm. Right, so we're the largest, probably the the the, the world's largest organic producer. Um, uh, working with the French company In Vivo, mm-hmm. right? And In Vivo is uh, 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 France's largest farmer, France's largest cooperative farmer. So yeah, um, we're we're doing a lot of things to encourage more organic farming uh, uh, and to encourage more organic growing grids. But not that organic is the only way, huh, Francois? Mm-hmm. Okay, come on, let's. <laughs> No, but I th- I think that's important. It's not to be a sort of organic messiah, not to be sort of this, you know, organic. This is organic. It's the best thing in the world. You know, got to do this. You know, come on. Organic is a step in the right direction, right? Let's let let let's take the step in the right direction, and then let's learn from it, and then let's uh, uh, yeah, grow further. You 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 have a kind of I, I don't know how to put it, but kind of political implication. Uh, maybe it comes from your family, but I mean you you were you 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 were actor uh, of COP 21. You were invited to talk about new ways of uh, you know growing stuff. Um, 
uh, well, where where are you now in the, in the, in this in this fight on in this struggle in this quest? We continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we could we we continue. You know, we have to continue to do it. And uh, um, uh, I don't like describing it as a fight, huh? Uh, I like describing it as a, 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 a as a meeting, as a as a as a as a, a discussion where we're where where we're exposing each other and we're looking at each other and we're we're discussing with each other. I mean, it's all about our. Uh, you know that road, that that, that life road, huh? which we we've got to take. What I do understand now is that when you point to people and you make people more aware of what's going on, which is simple, okay. And I said to you earlier, I was embarrassed, right, to not recognize how important live soil was to the taste of grapes. Hmm. Did you hear that? Right, and I was embarrassed about that. Well, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of people still that don't make that connection. It's right? a, it, and 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 this, is, there's a lot of people which don't understand that that tree which you're sitting under, right, is alive and knows you're sitting under it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in a way, there's a message of hope in the fact that you managed to to to, to make such good wines in, in in such an environment. Well, in the environment that was your environment when you came here. Which shows that that in 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 number of years it's 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 possible and maybe well you you, you make it sound easy but to overturn the situation and turn that soil into into great wine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, thank you. I mean that, that, that's great, but that's what we want to do, and 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 I believe you're right. Is is that actually it's the same thing about talking about balance, right? When you're talking about balance in nature. You're talking about balance in, 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 in the fruit which is produced. That can make great wine. And a balanced wine tastes good, right? And so a balanced fruit tastes good. A balanced person is an enjoyable person to be around. Uh, you know, this is all about that. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're striving towards that. But we don't know everything. We're continuing to learn, right? We are aware and we are looking around what's happening and we love life right and we want to respect all living forms that's important well thank you very much indeed to robert eden who was a fantastic host and it was great to meet him and to hear his story we hope you enjoyed this episode of kilometer zero it was produced by adam bowie Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.